Welcome to my life. <laughs> All right. I know, and his sister keeps telling me there's still room to run. <laughs> and his brother-in-law tells me I'll hold the door for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Unite, wedding photographers, and welcome to Wedding Photographers Unite. I am excited. Stop yelling. <laughs> We, my name is Jimmy Ferrara. I act as third mic on this podcast, and I'm okay with that title. And joining me right now, right next to me, I'm touching her, is my wife, Natalie. Say hi. Hi, everyone. There you go. First time on the show. And joining us, finally, from way across the pond in Scotland, is James Kelly himself. James, what's happening? Hello, everyone. It's nice to be back. Yes. It's, um, I know. Yeah. How are you guys? I, I'm, I'm going to say this. Jim, you're punching way above your weight. Why? Yeah. No, you're very, you're very loud. <laughs> oh, am I? Yeah. No, 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 no. As in, as in, you know, you're very lucky to have this beautiful woman here who puts up with you. <laughs> oh, that. I okay. appreciate that. Thank you, James. <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's all right. Everyone says the same to me about Iris as well, so it's fine. So, I've only seen her that one time when she po- popped in the background, and it was very funny. She's like, "Oh, hi, here I am," and then <laughs> popped out again. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so James, let's get the obvious out of the question here. We were we were in Scotland just three weeks ago. We yeah. drove through your town, and unfortunately, yep. because of snow in Scotland, that delayed our trip two weeks, and we didn't get a chance to meet and do this at a pub, which we we were really hoping for. So, elaborate if you will why we couldn't meet because you had some photography things going on. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So the weekend you were meant to be coming was fine. And then, of course, we had bad snow, stopped all flights. You weren't able to come. You were rearranged two weeks later. And I was down in Birmingham, down in England, for the big photography show, which is a big yearly event where you get all the suppliers and all lots of workshops and talks that are split over four days. So that was my first time attending that. So that's why I was not around. How big of a, of a convention was it? Huge huge yeah. i mean yeah every major supplier was there so you know you had your fuji your sony your canon your nikon massive um um stands you know just everything people were coming over from america it's like fundy software were there peak design they were all there um and it was just a it was just a um a four day event to go and see what's new what's happening with equipment if you want to buy you get discounts and then there was loads of um, talks going on from you know industry leaders. So the biggest one was probably Jasmine Starr. She flew over. She I know. F- yeah, yeah. So she flew all over for what was like an hour and a half um, talk, and it was really good actually. I was quite surprised. Typical loud American, you know, as you all are. But oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. But she addressed that as soon as she came in. You know, she was just energetic and bouncing and right. everyone in the audience is like whoa whoa this is too much <laughs> but no <laughs> she was brilliant so there was things like that and it was just um you know the one thing i went down and i didn't want to look at was wedding albums and unfortunately i've now found two new companies for potential new wedding albums 
so that's put my head into a spin but that yeah that was it it was just um four days just to meet people have a walk around spend a bit of money right um any any new news that you can share from nikon or no. canon or the big boy sony no absolutely nothing, nothing. no right. no nothing there's no there, there really wasn't anything exciting um played around with the um d850 um which was nice it was really nice would i use it for weddings probably not file sizes are huge right. um I, what's that the, the nikon d850 oh 850 yeah, oh, 850. yeah, yeah. there's an a50 yes no, yes, yes. I, I heard a photographer i follow bought it and then sold it on uh, oh, facebook because it's i mean way too big files i i shoot on the d810 and the raw files are what 79 megabyte each so they're they're huge That's um too big. So that was nice, but I actually went down to look at printers. That was my main goal, was to kind of start looking at... Um, I want to do a lot of my own printing. So going in, looking at the, the Epson and the Canon printers and just to see what's best and kind of work out the cost. Is it justifiable or still using my professional printers? So, yeah, so there was a lot of research into that. So that that was about it, really, and just eat some overpriced food. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Definitely. So you uh, you never dabbled in doing any kind of printing before? I've done darkroom printing, so a lot of wet processing printing, um, but nothing nothing big, uh, not since I left college. But I think it's the final piece in the whole thing is I want to start printing. But the problem is if I want to print, I want to print properly. So yeah. I want to go big, not too big not going to go the 60 inch printers but i want a 24 inch printer so i can do big panoramics um and things like that and the idea is do a wedding and then be able to print something off for a bride and get them to them within a week or two of their wedding so they have a print something physical to hold right something that stands you out from everyone else yeah yeah Yeah, that's um that's something we never got into even though the studio has plenty of space for Mm -hmm. a printer I understand the upkeep on ink is something to consider, the cost of the printer itself, Huge. the paper. And um, again, it all depends on your area because you might have this product that you can sell. Just because you have it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to sell. Yeah. Kind of like our area with you know high school seniors. It just yeah. doesn't work yeah. in our area. So oh, exactly. Yeah. I, we never really entertained that idea um, about – we have no printer whatsoever at all. So my clients um, – they know my passion about printing that I'm really really into the printing and from day one they know about that so I push printing I push prints already um, and I'm using a printer so I've got a fantastic uh, professional printers but they're down in London and because I live in the highlands of Scotland the postage triples really triples so I can go from even more than that I can go from if I lived 40 miles east it would cost me £4.50 to be delivered but because of where I live it cost me £19 wow you know and only because we were just in Scotland and driving around your area and and the Speyside region and the Highlands and we drove like Jimmy said earlier through your town I kind of understand like how it is because there's just there's a lot of nothing up by you guys. It's very remote in a lot of places. You took the remote tri- section. So you went the kind of middle of Scotland where it is very right. remote. If you go to the east side of it, you've got Dundee, Aberdeen, Aberdeen up to Elgin where it is very populated motorways, well not more, dual carriageways. Um and Royal Mail runs postage up all the time, but it's just the other delivery companies that are just 
very expensive so that was that was right. kind of an issue with that but hey ho it's all off new adventures so but as i say as oh two seconds someone's just <laughs> coming to say hello again. there he comes he's back. back james's son is back it's our special yeah. guest <laughs> so right now it's currently 1 35 in the morning with yes. us here in scotland all right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll take over in a second. Yeah, so, you guys, you guys talking. I'm just gonna go and put them back to bed. Okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. We'll pick it up. All right, so, um, babe, Scotland, yes. I, I convinced you to not take the Nikon D3s or D5 with us with the 17 to 35 or widest lens, True. totaling maybe three, four pounds as a camera, and then uh, we took a little Leica point and shoot. And were you happy overall? Um, I would say I was happy not carrying around my big camera and lenses. Um, overall, the Leica does do a very good job for what it is. I just, for me, a lot of the times I wasn't happy with the speed of the focusing on it. That was an issue for me. Right. Is I felt like I had much more control with my D3S. Although looking back um, with the way that we did our trip, which was a lot of distillery tours and drinking in pubs and doing all that sort of thing. I mean, not having to carry around that gear was, was nice. It, yeah, I agree. I know. It was. I, I knew going into it, like, I don't want to bring anything. I want to bring a real camera. I don't like using the phone right. as your camera, no matter how good it is, because it's still not quite, you can't do manual controls. You can't override things. It's just not the same. So that little point and shoot that I've always talked about on this podcast, I love so much. Even if it was the old Fuji too. Anything that's a real camera, I think, is infinitely better than taking just your phone, unless you're just, you don't care. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, had we been there longer, had we been doing maybe some castle tours and um, maybe a little more sightseeing and things like that, I probably would have taken the D3S anyway with a couple of lenses just to do more sort of landscaping and artsy sort of things. But overall, for the scope of what we did in the short amount of time that we did, yes, the Leica did cover it. Okay. And it covered it a lot better than me carrying around a backpack full of gear, which is just my life on a regular basis. Yeah. So it was nice to not have that. Yeah, it was. This is the first time, James, that we took a trip in a winter to another winter location. <laughs> it was weird. Like, we, we packed just a, a carry-on and then a, a bag, a shoulder bag. And I bought, I wore, wore one pair of pants, brought another pair of pants, and then some shirts. And it was very interesting, like, just walking around and then just having like a, a trip like a it wasn't a vacation really it was like a, it was a trip it was a it was an adventure in a sense and we just rented the car and what would wow was that white knuckled on the steering wheel being on that side of the oh, steering yeah. wheel oh my god that, that was a nightmare we like, I, we hated every second of it we we pulled no, that car in i'm sorry i did not hate every second of it i hated every second of it while you were driving <laughs> i did not mind it while well, i was driving here was us nat's driving right so i'm on the passengers i'm on the left side of the road and I'm like, oh my god, curb, 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 oh my god, curb. And then she takes over, and then she's like, curb, curb, oh my god, you're gonna hit the curb. Pretty it much. Is, the roads are so goddamn narrow. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how you guys do it. I, we I'm do constantly it. seeing like tire marks on the left side of the road, <laughs> off on the on the grass and the dirt. Well, you know how they do it. It's because they're not New York drivers, so they don't want to run everyone else off the road all the time. They just kind of Wait. take their time and just let people go, and no one ever flips anyone off, and everyone just has patience. Yeah, they are very nice over there. Oh no, we don't have patience here. Well, you did when we oh, were there. <laughs> oh, no, I, I can, guys, I can assure you, road rage is very strong here in the UK. So, yeah, no, the, the roads are very narrow. Um, you know, I mean, I'm I'm used to it because when I'm up in the Faroe Islands, they drive in the, on the wrong side, you know, we drive in the correct side. So, um, oh, here, we go. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Wrong, wrong side and correct side. Canon zoom versus Nikon zoom. 
<laughs> but it no, it you're right. The roads are very narrow. There's a lot of crashes, especially the A9 road you took up. It's a very, oh, yeah. very dangerous road, especially in winter. And that was a mild winter that you guys got as well. Um, it can get pretty bad. It's been seven years, eight years since we've had a really, really bad winter. So I would class what you had as a a, a mild winter. Okay. That's yeah. pretty much the same here for us in the States. I mean, it's been a lot worse Yeah, yeah. earlier on, like, you know, years back. Even when I was a kid, I remember there being four to six feet of snow on the ground at any given time yeah. in the winter. And now, you know, if we get three inches, we're all complaining. So it's yeah, and, really and not depends, terrible. Depends on where you are in Scotland as well. So the, the further north you are, they deal with it. The further south, they can't handle it. Like the little bit of snow, everything around Edinburgh and Glasgow kind of comes to, to a standstill, you know. Um, so it's... it's uh, yeah, we were we were as far up as Elgin and that little beach up there. Yeah, we did go to Elgin, and then um, as you suggested to us, so we went to Elgin for a day, and we stopped at oh, we went to the deli at what was the name? Of the place oh yeah, told us we to loved go her. To, the whiskey place that you told oh, us. Oh, to Gordon to McPhail's. Yeah. Yes. yes, yes. So we went there, and there was this older woman behind the deli, and she was amazing she was so much fun she was like where are you guys from and we got sandwiches and soup and she's like you have to go see the whiskey she walked us into the whiskey room and she's like this man will help you with the whiskey and she was so sweet and she's like are you going to the beach and i was like well i don't think we were going to plan on it she goes you have to drive up to lossy mouth you have to go and I was like, okay she goes it's only 15 minutes i said all right we have a car we'll go and yeah. it was it was cool to see like a like a more northern beach that we hadn't yeah. planned on seeing. So it was. But fun. no, yes, Lost in Mouth, where you are, is very, very beautiful. It's a very beautiful beach, and quite often you get the the big fighter jets as well taking off. Yeah, the land we saw we, we saw, saw several saw of those yeah. actually. Yeah, it was yeah, great. Yeah, so you get the Eurofighter there. They they fly over our house all the time. Um, great for photography at night when they're doing the night practicing. But yeah, it's all good. Very but cool. Gordon McPhail's is quite an amazing shop, isn't it? You, d- you didn't um, buy the £22,000 bottle of whiskey? We were ju- we were a thousand know, dollars short in our pocket for that. We were going to buy two, and then we decided we were already at a limit to bring back to the States. Yeah. So we were like, all right, maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was quite impressive. Quite impressive shop. It's very dangerous. It's, it's a very dangerous shop for me. Yeah. It is. It's very dangerous. I mean, especially because mm-hmm. they let you sample things, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is delicious. We should buy it. Yeah. I know. It was, it was know. great. No, it's um, good. All right, but so James, other than that, um, uh, tell us what's going on in your life right now in the in the photo world. Wedding season has just kicked off. Last Yesterday was my second wedding of the year. Um, started later than usual because we had a baby. We had a baby back in uh, February. Um, little sea lass uh, Angus Kelly was born. So he's kept myself and Iris busy. Well, actually... Our first son's kept us busy. The baby's been brilliant. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I started late, um, but kicked off. It's been good so far. Uh, we had a slight issue with the first wedding where the caterers decided to move the meal forward an hour, which oh. left me with um, roughly about 45 minutes to do everything. So uh, I tell them tough and carried on and the food they were late unfortunately i've got to get my pictures so um that's been good there was one yesterday a venue a wedding venue called um drum Tokti, which is a castle it's a beautiful castle and it's a very popular wedding venue it's of the kind of maybe higher class kind of people get married there okay it's not a cheap place and for the and I've finally got a wedding there. I've been trying to get them on there for nine years, and I finally had one. Oh, so wow. I'm quite happy. And I know all the staff that work there, so that's going to hopefully bring me more ones there. That's um, great. But that's about it, really. It's just been kind of getting ready for wedding season to kick off. Um, to be brutally honest, this last um, 
probably the last six months I've been in a massive slump um, very much debating my career with wedding photography whether I was going to carry on stop doing it there's just been a very lot of ups and downs recently so that's been fun shall we say yeah <laughs> so but as soon as literally wedding season kicked in I was just like energetic buzzing excited um yeah and I'm just raring to go so quite quite happy with that yes yeah, same um, with same with us and our and we um we were lucky enough to just be in Arizona yeah uh, that looked so, amazing uh, a, yeah it was a really really small wedding maybe what 20 some people at best at, there was uh there was 32 people oh okay 32 right. people um including so, us right and it all took place at the groom's and well the bride and groom's house in uh east of scottsdale in like the middle of kind of nowhere mm-hmm. and uh great house pool outside although no one was even in the pool but he had a, a little bar out there the ceremony took place outside like when he showed us the backyard when we first got there the day before the wedding um he was like here it is everything literally is right here girls are gonna get ready there i'll be ready in the house there's a guest house right there and ceremonies on this little spot he's pointing to and then cocktail hour and everything just takes place right around the pool so they had the table set up and it was great we're, we're just about to blog it and um going in we thought to ourselves let's let's go all out with this because it's going to be outside there's nothing to bounce light on so we brought six off-camera flashes mm-hmm. and then ended up doing just what I thought we would do, where we take the Nikon D5, which has an amazing high ISO, mm-hmm. put on some primes on that. That was just using or shooting with the string lights they had set up, and then whatever light was kicking back from the house. And then I went on the roof too many times <laughs> uh, and had to like, crawl over stuff. I'm like, I'm looking in fall. Uh, and then set up. I set up three off-camera flashes there and then now and then people were kind of dancing and sitting by the tables of course where there was no light whatsoever i'm like why yeah. are you people over there go where the <laughs> pool is you know how many times that happened when you see like a bride or a mom and son dance or or a father daughter and they just enter the dance floor in the corner and they start doing the dance there i'm like yeah. wow, you get, get get center get center why are you so far away from everything yeah it was kind of like that a couple of times but there was barely any dancing it was a really good weekend overall no it was it, mm. was, just a, it was a very low-key wedding they just wanted a ceremony they wanted some nice portraits and they just wanted dinner and just drinking and just hanging out they really didn't want a lot of dancing he didn't even want a dj in the beginning and she hired the dj but it ended up being really really good actually i mean we got some amazing late day light with cactus in the background just right outside their back their back door which was great mm-hmm. um yeah it was it was an experience and i gotta say it was really nice to be in an area where it was about 90 degrees and sunny every day <laughs> as opposed to 30 something degrees here and miserable <laughs> true true no i i'm not looking forward to the heat i hate summer like this last this weekend's been our first weekend of spring so it was it, yesterday's wedding was really nice and it was mild and we were about 10 or 11 degrees celsius i'm not sure where that is in Fahrenheit, you got to be difficult and be different from us. Um, oh, I know. We're, we're, we're a complete pain in the butt. Oh, I, I know you are. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, I know. it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, we can say. What was strange with us going there was, okay, steering wheel on the other side, roads got that, fine, get in the car. But why are, we, why are you guys miles, not kilometers? Why are you kilometers, not miles? No, no, we're, we're miles, not kilometers. Like miles per hour? We do miles yeah, per hour? Yeah, you guys yeah, are doing the same yeah, thing? We're, you're, you know, we're miles per hour, yeah. Yeah, but oh, right, so ca- you do miles as well. Okay. Yeah, but the car we rented was talking in terms of kilometers. Yeah, it was very confusing. It's probably because it's used to foreigners. That's probably what it is. 
Maybe. There is a higher car. It may be set for kilometers. Probably, yeah, yeah. And 200 feet at the roundabout. Take the first exit. We heard that all the time. <laughs> there are so off. many roundabouts in Too your country. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. Yeah. As like, we, we, actually, we, <laughs> when we drove through Aberdeen, I think we went through about 27,000 roundabouts in the yes. whole time we were going through. I was like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're in the middle of building a big bypass around Aberdeen, so there'll be no, they won't have that hassle. But it's like we just had Iris's um, brother and um, his girlfriend down, and I was driving them down to Edinburgh. And when you come to Perth, there's a place called the, the Bruxton Roundabout, and there's a forest in the middle of the roundabout and there's a big um grouse metal sculpture grouse that lights up so oh, you wow. would have hit you would have hit that that roundabout when you were heading north as you're coming into perth um and there's like a little mini forest in the middle of the roundabout it's brilliant you know we've got to utilize the greenery somehow why not it's you know there what, you know what was odd which i want to talk to you about is that um when at one point we're driving up nat was driving i kind of took a little nap and I woke up, and I looked to my left, and I think we were heading, that was to the west, and I'm like, oh, geez, it's snowing. And I look over to her, and on the east, I'm like, well, not over there, it's not snowing. <laughs> and wherever the road we were on, it was snowing, and the snow was like just falling in all different directions, like Forrest Gump with the rain mm-hmm. and coming up and down different directions. And I, I was like, so when you go out on a day, and it's this time of year, you got to be prepared for basically uh. anything. Right. So yeah. So in my car, I I have everything packed. So I will have um, smart clothes, and I'll have casual clothes, and I'll have my winter clothes. So I'll have all my thermals, all my waterproofs, two pairs of boots, hats, gloves, a buff, um, change of socks just in case. Um, I That's also smart. have um, a spade in the car as well because you just don't know and. I'm very lucky that I do a lot of driving. So, you know, I could be the West Coast in the morning and in the East Coast I could be um, back and it's it's raining there. So you just have to be prepared. It's the same with photo shoots. You know, you, you don't know what weather you're going to get. You don't know how it's going to be. So you've got to prepare for everything. So all my couples get told, look, take welly boots with you, take waterproof jackets with you. Do not be putting water into that whiskey. Did I just, just see you? No, just a little, no, just a little no, bit. No, don't you dare put water in that whiskey. How dare you? <laughs> see, you know, this is what everyone there was telling us. They're like, you put a little water in your whiskey. No, yes, no. and it's really good. It does open lies, it up. Lies, lies. Depends on the whiskey. <laughs> it only, does depend on the whiskey. It does. Only if it's cask strength do you this put is not water cast in it. This is not cask strength. Then it's already had water added to it, so just stop it. Listen, do you want this to be a sober podcast or not? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I already had two whiskeys before I left work. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so the weather is really crazy. You know, know, the couple we had yesterday when we were doing their um, pre-wedding shoot, we were in a place called Loch Nagar, which is absolutely beautiful. Now, lucky enough, they're they're very keen hill walkers, so they were all kitted out. But it was 60 mile an hour winds, and there was rain, and that's what we did the engagement shoot. Now, they're not the... They're beautiful photographs, and they've all got like their their big hiking jackets on and their waterproofs on because that's who they are. And the photographs are absolutely beautiful. And then as we were leaving, it brightened up. Blue sky came out. They were now in shirt and jeans, and we got a place called Lock Nagar all behind, and just yeah, it's absolutely stunning. But that's the thing with 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 Scotland is you'll get the four seasons in one day, no problem. Yeah, that's what we heard before we left and experiencing it. It absolutely is true. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this though. Luckily here in New York, if we get and we've we've had like hundred degree days mm-hmm. on weddings, and 
the bride who has paid all this money for her makeup and hair and dress, they don't want. She doesn't want to be out there. Nor does the groom either. Mm-hmm. Be out there long. So we kind of go in, cool off inside, back out again. Same thing with winter. They don't want to be out there too long. Mm-hmm. So luckily, if the weather is not cooperating like planned or hoped, at least um, on our side as photographers in this area, at least is the assumption that. Well, the bridal party, the family, the bride and groom, they don't want to be out there that long. Yeah. So we go out there for a few minutes, get what we can, come back in. Everyone's happy. Everyone's covered. That doesn't seem like the case where you are, does it? No, that does it? that does happen as well. So again, it depends how bad the weather is. If it's really wet and really windy, a lot of our venues have fantastic indoor locations for doing photographs. So the reception is really nice or there'll be a certain area, a certain room that we'll get access to for doing the, the, the photographs of the, the bridal party. Um, they might have areas that are outside but they're covered so they've got like little roofs so they take away the rain so that's quite nice in terms of the portraits so my couples you know I tell them from day one if it's raining we're going out I've got these big beautiful white umbrellas I spent a small fortune getting because they're strong we get them under the umbrellas we get them cuddling into each other and and we, we get really lovely photographs you know last year was my wettest year in, in, in my career of doing wedding photography and I think every second wedding was a washout so you learn to adapt to it and, and as, as photographers we need to be prepared so whether that be visiting the venue and knowing where the good places are to take those photographs but also reassuring our couples that look, trust me you know, we're going to go outside you're not going to get wet or your dress is going to get wet but your hair is going to be fine your makeup's going to be fine and we're going to have right. fun. The only person that's going to get wet is me. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. and that's it. And I've got, you know, I mean, my um, D810 is weather sealed. It's 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 been in some pretty horrible conditions. It's survived. You know, I've got covers for it if I need to use that. And I put a, a rain jacket on now. But, you know, it's it, you adapt to the weather. But it's always good to have a backup plan and, and to just make sure your couples trust you. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, here we don't have the extreme seasons or extreme weather elements that will go that obscure within one day. But I mean, I know I, for one, when I'm going out to shoot a wedding, um, I kind of pay attention to the weather a day or two ahead of time. And if I see that there's even a chance of rain, I have these awesome clear umbrellas that Mm -hmm. I bought from Target and they were $20 each, but they're great because they dome down. And I have one for myself that I can have that I can hide my camera under and I can still shoot through. And then I've got one the couple can use. And it just, it really does make for some beautiful photographs. And if you look on a lot of um, like fearless photographers and Mm -hmm. things like that, there'll be a lot of people that will have elemental type wedding photos where Mm -hmm. there's snow involved or or water involved and rain. And a lot of those, sometimes people are actually creating that because they want that element in the photos. They want that drama. Yeah. And for us to get that naturally is like pretty cool because we don't have to go through the extremes to do it. Yeah. We had a wedding in December, December 29th up in the Faroe Islands and it was at minus six degrees Celsius. Wow. So, you know, that's, that's cold and it's it's a dry cold. So it's not like here in the UK, it's a very wet cold. It's a dry cold. So it feels like it's even like minus 16. And I said to the couple, look outside the venue you've got this lovely garden it's covered in snow you've got the church you've just been married in is up behind it. it's all been lit up it's beautiful and there's a picture of this on my website my facebook page as well and i says we're going to wrap you up we're going to take you out i know it's two o'clock in the morning and trust me and they were quite happy because they've been dancing so much they were too hot so they got their jackets on they came out 
tested all the lights, all happy, whisk, whisk the jackets off, cuddle into guys, cuddle into each other, I know you're cold, cuddle into each other, it's nice, keep each other warm, snap, 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 jackets back on, change positions, snap, 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 jackets back on, and then they get to go back inside, and they walk away with these absolutely beautiful photographs, you know, and when you show them, they're like, yes, that was worth it. You know, so exactly. that's that's yeah. important. So, but you know, I say the weather in Scotland's bad, but oh, in the Faroe Islands, guys, oh, it's insane. They'll get four seasons in one hour. Wow! Yeah, it changes hourly. It's crazy, and you've got to bounce around the different fjords to get the right weather. So that's a oh, challenge. That's, yeah, we um, we I, I don't even know how long of a flight is it to get there from Edinburgh. It's one hour. Oh, that's it. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're only 200 kilometers northwest of Scotland. So between Iceland and Scotland. So is there, is there ferries too? We got to you got to no ferry stopped about six years ago. There's only one flight from Edinburgh twice a week, and that's it. The twice wow. a week, twice a week. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a wow a Monday and a Friday or Monday and a Thursday. So when you guys go to visit family there, you have to fly to Edinburgh or travel to Edinburgh then to then to fly to the Faroe Islands. Yeah. So it's a it's a four hour journey to Edinburgh. Edinburgh, not Edinburgh, Edinburgh. Edinburgh. I'm, I'm learning. <laughs> Everyone calls there. it Edinburgh, Edinburgh. And then for us, it's then an hour's flight up. Um, and then we've then got to have another hour's journey to the capital. We might have to stay overnight. And because we go down to the South Island, it's then another two hour ferry to the South Island and another hour's journey up to Iris's parents' house. So it's a long, wow. yeah, it's a long trip, but it's, I don't mind. I love it. It's beautiful. So it doesn't I mean, look that far, from, from your photos, it looks absolutely beautiful. I mean, yeah. it really does. It's stunning. But, uh, is, it, is it considered its own entity? To the fairies people, yes. So they're governed by Denmark, but in their own eyes, they're independent. Okay, the so Denmark majority. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah. A, it's a bit like Greenland and how Iceland used to be. You know, they're, 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 they're owned by Denmark, but... You know they they they're pretty much left to their own devices, so they can just do what they want within reason. They're not part of the EU, all this sort of stuff. So well, they have their own currency and all of that. And they they run off the krona, so they have the fairways krona. So it's like we have the, okay. we have the Scottish sterling, you have the English sterling. It's legal tender, but a lot of places in England refuse to take the English note. So it's like if you take uh, take the Scottish note. Sorry, it's like if you took a Scottish note to a bank to be you know currency to be changed back to um to dollars they probably won't accept it right but well, yeah because actually i i withdrew some pounds from an atm mm. and it was at it was when we were in elgin and i think i took money out of the royal bank of scotland but i know that you know technically it's uk but it's it was its own different entity yeah it's the same and the money and you it's legal tender so it's just the english being fussy yeah, sorry guys no. <laughs> <laughs> james how does that work um, being a hired vendor photographer, of course, going into this, uh, what might be another country, might not. Do they? Do you have to go through any red tape, mm. or is it like kind of on the all on the DL? No comments. Okay. okay. No, no, no. Uh, it's, fine. We'll, it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll elaborate so, on a side note because yeah. I learned years ago before Natalie was part of the business. Yeah. I would go by myself to um, Mexico, St. John. Um, uh, Caribbean islands that were actually their own country. It wasn't like, well, mm-hmm. St. John's like a kind of U.S. thing. But let's say Mexico, for example. Um, the bride for that wedding, it was a very big wedding, actually. And at first, 
I'm like, let's just, let's not take any chances. Let's go through the Mexican consulate, mm-hmm. see what it takes for me to get there. And it was a lot of red tape. Mm-hmm. Then towards the end, she was like, you know what? I don't know about this. And I said, okay, fine. You know what? I'm just your friend. I'm family. I'm a family yeah, friend, yeah. and my gift to you is photography. I'm not going to hide that I'm I'm shooting this wedding. I'm coming in with these cameras. All good, and it worked out just fine. Because I heard horror stories where you you go there and they're like, well, why do you have all these cameras? And you yeah. say, oh, I was just uh, shooting it. And they look at the stuff you shot, and they see a wedding. You're going to be in trouble because you're lying. So I was told, don't lie, but don't tell the full truth. So yeah, yeah. I went there without business cards, without any kind of contract printing out. Just just that's the best showed way. up there. Yes, yeah. So I think no now it's gotten a lot looser. We've we've done a f- quite a few on our own now, and we don't get questioned at all. I think it's just photography's blown up so much where they they're like, fine, if you're coming here, and you're shooting the wedding. What, what are we gonna do? There's nothing they can do about it. Then yeah, no one's gonna get fined. I think, I think it's I think there's really so many people out there with uh, pro level DSLRs and equipment that might even just be amateurs. That I think that they're just not. They're not even really policing it as much as they used to because it's just – it's too common for them. They probably can't, you know? Well, right. I mean there's too many people with the equipment that I think that they can't really narrow down professionals and amateurs. So it doesn't really matter. Right. Yeah, so it becomes very difficult. So what – if anyone's going to a different country and they're looking into the legal and tax as, as, aspect – aspect – I just slurring my words. I've only had one whiskey. Um, Who's making fun of who for adding more yeah, right. whiskey now? Yeah, I know, I know. So um, you've got to remember that we're artists and a lot of country have an allowance for artists that the artists are allowed to earn a certain amount. So this covers things like music festivals. So artists who are coming to a different country to um, play music, they're allowed to earn so much. So I know that the Faroe Islands... Are- All right, you know what? I, I can do that little spiel. All right, so while I got a second here, I got to do Andy's little thing where he goes in and doesn't do the music, but then says that uh, you're listening to the Wedding Photographers Unite podcast in case you lost your space in time. You totally messed or that some, up. I know, or something like that. It's a bi-weekly wedding photography podcast for wedding photographers. Bye, wedding photographers. Yeah. woo <laughs> The show goes live uh, pretty much every other week, give or take. And uh, please subscribe. Yeah, tweet. And please subscribe in iTunes because subscribing then tells iTunes, hey, people are listening and it matters. And leaving a review is even better. So please do that. It doesn't take very long at all. Just five stars saying we love everybody. And if you want to have any, if you have any questions for us, send them to info at weddingphotographersunite.com or find us on the Facebook page and ask a question that way. Boom. There you go. Detective. We had when we did ours, uh, James. Just you and I. My that's Wi-Fi right. busted out right in the middle of it. I'm sitting <laughs> there great. talking about bananas. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Oh my god, that was the banana episode. That was hilarious. Yes, it was. I know. So I listen to this podcast. Is one of one of the podcasts I listen to while I'm running because I run a lot and I need entertainment beyond music these days. So I have a few podcasts I listen to regularly, and I remember listening to that episode with the two of you and Jimmy going off on the banana thing, and I almost like collapsed on the side of the road. I was laughing so hard at this. <laughs> <laughs> oh no it is it's annoying it's just it's literally my my machine that i'm running on just now is just it's coming to the end of its life so it does keep cutting out so um but as i keep saying there's a new machine arriving on wednesday and i cannot wait uh, you know what Let, let's talk about that for okay, a second because okay. i had i had a, a, a client uh, a wedding clients came in today to look over their wedding album mm-hmm. standard practices um uh they make a list of favorites i designed the book uh, they come in house ideally if they can if they're in the area and we preview it on two big screens and we just talk about 
moving things, changing stuff, whatever, right? So Natalie shot their wedding. I was doing another wedding that day, and I had uh, met them today without Natalie. She had to do something else today. So uh, they came in, and then they were talking about my computer because everyone sees it, and they're like, oh, two big screens. This is awesome. And I'm like, well, the screens are awesome, but actually the computer is quite old because I'm still running Mac El Capitan, mm-hmm. and I can't go any higher. And it's causing a little issues here and there with programs, with syncing stuff, with mail, and just... So it's it's kind of you know Mac gets you like that. They, you just need to upgrade the computer itself. At, granted, this machine is ten years old this yeah. year. Fine. However, um, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should go iMac an additional screen or Mac Pro, which is really expensive for that little trash can looking thing, <laughs> and then just use my monitors. And you're going to a new MacBook Pro? No, I'm going iMac. So I'm on my iMac. We've got, we've got a MacBook Pro already. Um, I think it's a late 2015 MacBook Pro, and it works fine, but it's got a small uh-huh. SSD hard drive, so it's a bit of a pain in terms of storage, but I like editing on a big screen. So this was the first okay. issue, was I've got a 21-inch Mac, um, iMac here, 8 gig of RAM. It is late 2013, and it's just, just... It can't handle it anymore. It can't handle... The file sizes, especially with the D810, you know, it just it just kills it. So, weighing up um, decisions of what I want to do, um, get a, a top spec MacBook Pro, and then I have a portable, plug a screen in. But I like the iMacs, and they are very, yeah. very fast, very powerful. Yeah. They are yeah. the best bang for Mac. They're the best yeah. bang for your buck. Well, I looked at the Mac. They really I looked are. at the MacBook Pro to start with and I was like at £5,000 nope you're okay I'll pass oh my god really yeah that much? so I looked at the 2017 iMac which you know it's only just come out, came out early last year and I looked at it full spec um, the good thing is you can change the RAM so I've got it with 16 gig of RAM and I've just ordered up another 40 something odd I can't remember 40 odd so it brings it up to 64 gig of RAM um, in total, so it's going to be a beast. It's got a two terabyte hard drive in it, um, wow. so that's going to be pretty good. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. It's amazing, and the good thing is, like, I actually shot. Now, I actually second shot a wedding last year for a friend of mine, um, Ross Eaglesham, who's been on my podcast, um, and the guy actually worked for Apple. He was the the business manager for Apple. And at, he knew that I was looking at a new iMac back in June last year. And he emailed me and he's like, what is it you need? I sent him the spec and he sent me through a price. I was like, well, this is really, really good price. Unfortunately, things happened. I couldn't get it. And right. last week I thought, no, that's it. I've had enough. I'm getting a new iMac. I emailed him. Boom, 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 boom. The email bounced back. He's left. It's like, oh, no, oh, got it. Man. I was like, oh. So I phoned I phoned up the Apple store in Aberdeen and I got this guy and I said, look, you know, this guy gave me this price. I can send you the emails to prove it. This is a spec. What Would, would you honor the discount? He's like, oh, I don't know. Let me get back. Let me get back to you. He phoned me back and went, yes. I was like, yes. So I, oh, that's great. So I saved myself about £500, um, which is a, a fair, fair chunk. So, yeah, so I just had to order it up, yeah. and it comes on Wednesday. So I'm, tra- nice. I'm tracking nice. it left, right, and center. It's coming from Ireland, of all places. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I did put a little thing on the on the, on the the Wedding Photography Unite um, Facebook group, and, you know, there was one comment about it still being slow, Lightroom still being slow. And I think there's still complications with Lightroom, but we'll see. You know, I'm keen to give it a go. Um, you know, we've got photo mechanics as well, so we use that, and then the editing with Lightroom, and hopefully, 
I'm not going to have any issues with, with Lightroom editing. But it's also the video editing as well. I do a, good, a bit, I dabble in video editing, so I need a fast machine with that. But Well, that's mostly the video card, right? The graphics card? Yeah, yeah. So it's, a, video, it's got yeah. a big graphics card. Biggest one I could get on it. Um, 3.8 gigahertz boosted up to 4.5, 4.2, 4 4.5 gigahertz. So. On, um, on your camera, can you shoot like... Uh, medium yeah but raw? I don't though yeah you can but I don't but you can you can but I just no I don't like it I stick okay. to... well you're complaining about the file size oh, being so yeah. big you can size that sucker down yeah I know but then you lose I just think you lose the quality and I just I just don't like the idea of compromising anything so alright yeah so that's it so the next the next thing I'm having issues with now is hard drives because I run all my hard drives a Thunderbolt 2 and of course it's all Thunderbolt 3 connections so I'm now going to get a connector and I want to get some... Is, is, is that... A, I, I commented on yeah. that thread. Is that a whole new cable? Yeah, so the Thunderbolt 3 is the oh same connect. It's the same connector as the new USB-C or USB-3 or something like that. So it's small oh, and thin. Oh, so it's a small little yeah, thing. Yeah, but it's a faster... So it's like 50, 40 gigabytes or something like that a second. So it's a huge data transfer. Um, but there's only two ports. And I've got, what, five thunderbolt two hard drives here so i'm just having an issue with i keep going for the the thunderbolt um hard drives or go get the newer ones i don't i don't know i'm looking into it more so as is, the downside of the d10 I know, see, is i have a lot of hard drives our our, our main i'm going to say our our main computer is two is twofold it's either it's the macbook pro we're looking at right now which is 2006 i don't know 16 17 something like that mm-hmm. And it's the one just... 16. 16? 16. Solid state drive from the factory. Um, and it's the one that still has the magnetic little pop thing yeah, yeah. for the power. Yeah. And it has uh, two Thunderbolts, two USB ports, which is... Or more, There's even. an S- SD card reader. SD card yeah. reader. I'm like, you know what? You put the word Pro in there, and yet the new MacBooks don't have any of this. And yeah. I'm like, how, then how is it professional? Seriously. <laughs> you do a shoot... And you have a card there, and you gotta have this other device to download it to see anything. And if you don't have that device, or it breaks, then you 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 can't see anything. So, I, I really love this computer, and I hope it lasts a while because I'm not happy with the new MacBook Pros. Yeah. And we have the Pro because, or the, the laptop because we can be in our dining room like we're at right now. We can be uh, at the studio and take this thing with us. This is where we edit mm-hmm. weddings on because it's solid state and it's fast. Yeah. And um, and once the wedding's on this computer, we take it off. And we then bring it to the studio computer. So that's our workflow is actually quite very regimented in A, B, and C. And on a side note, we're still learning Lightroom because <laughs> we. That's a main problem. Oh my god, you're still is... learning Lightroom. Ah uh, yes, we're still. You know aperture. what it is? I actually, I taught myself a lot on Lightroom by actually our our friend that shot our wedding in December mm-hmm. gave us all the raws, and I loaded them in just to kind of play around and, and figure things out with it, yeah. and. It worked out pretty well. The only thing is that we have such a, a regimented workflow system that we have when we actually download images and then organize them in Aperture and categorize them. And, and we can't for the life of us figure out how the hell to do this in Lightroom. And it's so frustrating. And anyone we talk to that we explain our workflow to, they're like, they don't know. oh, I don't do that. I just throw it on one folder. And we're like, well, what no, the hell? No, no. Like, we're, th- we're also it's, dealing it's with ridiculous. two computers. We're working on two computers. Mm, right. So it's like, how do I take the catalog and move it over or just the actual... Uh, collection, not so much the catalog, and move that and merge okay. it with another catalog. So, and one thing is, we we can't, I can't even do a sort order of keywords. 
You should. That's not an option. No, you should. Yeah. You, I can't find it. Yeah. You, you tell you me. Can, you can. You can. I'll tell you off the camera how to do that. But all right, because I can't um, find a way to sort order to, and keywords. I know you can. I'm sure you can do it. I'll double check. But uh, what I recommend, like, so anyone who's using Lightroom at the moment, if you if you only have a, a half decent system, everyone's complaining about the speed. Even with the new kind of classic or or. Um, Oh, really? Whatever it's called, they're still complaining about the speed. The, the CC, yeah, the, the CC in the classic. So, um, invest in Photo Mechanics. So, Photo Mechanics is a complete different software that you use for culling your pictures. It is super quick. It's a lot faster than Lightroom, and it's just okay. an amazing software. So, basically, you open up Photo Mechanics, import the photographs. It happens six hundred times faster than Lightroom. Wow! You then pick them all, the ones you want, color, star, all this sort of stuff, and then all that information is then then sent over to Lightroom, so it's in Lightroom, ready to be played around with and edited. Um, so I have the same thing. So I have one catalog, which has all my wedding work, and I keep that on a separate hard drive. I don't keep it on the, on the computer. If you've got like a portable SSD hard drive, put your catalog on that. So what happens then is if I'm working on the iMac and I decide I'm going to go to a coffee shop, I close down Lightroom, unplug the hard drive, take the laptop, plug that hard drive into the laptop, boom, right. catalog's there and it runs fine. So that's that's what I do. So the catalog for the Lightroom isn't on my actual computer. It's stored right. on a separate hard drive. And that's a hard drive just for the catalog. And that's backed up twice a day as well. Yeah, we learned that the hard way when we actually <laughs> thought that because the way Aperture works or the way it did work because did work. it's not supported anymore is that you would actually put your images in Aperture. Mm-hmm. So they were stored there. So we had a hard time figuring out that, oh, wait, we uploaded images into Lightroom, but then we took them off the desktop and now Lightroom doesn't know where to find them anymore. Yeah. So we actually did learn that the hard way. If yeah. you want to learn Lightroom, Scott Kelby's book on Lightroom is one of the best books that you can buy to learn Lightroom. So that's how I learned initially, and I've got all his collections. Um, yeah, but isn't that too old now? Isn't that... No, no, he, he'll have a new one. I'm sure he'll, he's very good at keeping current. So check out Scott okay. Kelby's book. He's Whenever there's a new um, issue or update of Lightroom, he'll have a new book ready to go at the same time. So he's got to deal with Adobe or something like that. All right. But Scott Kelby's yeah. book on Lightroom, even Photoshop, is phenomenal. One of the best books you can buy. See, for us, I'm looking forward to the editing and getting caught up with with we've been so far behind with new new filters and new things and all this. Everybody's talking about oh, do this and this. We just couldn't do it. So I'm excited about that. the The learning hurdle or curve is the workflow, like we said, because right. our workflow is so seamless and perfect. And I actually used to speak about it years ago. How great it was to just do the A, B, and C and get it done. And now it has to all change. So uh, it, like I said, the keyword thing's a big deal, and other things, and just categorizing stuff, and just moving things. And um, I wish I wish Lightroom was a little smarter with uh, with certain things. Like for example, uh, I, I just I can't find a way if there is a way to do any kind of keyboard shortcuts. Like I want to hit the letter D, and I want that to do what I want it to do. But nope, can't do that. There's, or Command and see, D. The look or, on his face is saying yes, you can you, do you that. You can where? There's you should have just so... seen the look on his face. He looked like you just smacked him. Well then, uh, pl- uh, then I'm the sponge, and please 
Throw some water on me because I don't know anything. So you can, I you can buy you can buy a keyboard or you can buy a layover that goes over your keyboard and it shows you where the shortcuts are. You can go into setting, I think, in Lightroom and it'll tell you where all the key where the or the shortcuts no, are. No, no, no. I want to create my own shortcuts. I know. I don't want to know their you shortcuts. Can, no, I want you to can my change them. I'm sure you can change them in Lightroom. I'll double check. We'll See, talk about this afterwards. Sure. You don't know for sure, though. Let will <laughs> check. will right, check. I'll check. Um, and, you know, going back to your workflow, guys, so I can't stress this enough, and I, I'm sure Andy and Neil, but I don't know what their feelings are on this, are, but if you're, if you're behind, outsource. Outsource your editing. I, I can't stress that enough. It's the yeah, best thing. Maybe. No, there's no maybe about it. Just do it, okay? okay. That's it. Simple <laughs> as that. Just do it. You know, I mean, I use Photographer's Edit. I absolutely love Photographer's Edit. I've got a great relationship with this company. Um, I use them in wedding season for every second wedding. And they they hit the nail on the head. They absolutely nail it. They've got my preset. They know my style. Fill it in order. And then I'm very lucky that within four days, I'll get the wedding back edited. You know, pretty much ready See, to give to a client. The lucky thing for us is that, well, it's not so lucky in my aspect, but I'm very OCD and type A personality and I have a really hard time relinquishing control to other people. So I always have to micromanage. Mm-hmm. Um, so the problem is I won't be able to actually let someone else edit yeah. my things. And then the benefit for Jimmy is that I do 10 bar three days a week. But the days that I don't, I will actually sit here and I will call all of my stuff and I will edit all of my stuff. And then I'll go through and call his stuff and I'll even edit his stuff. So he doesn't really have to even worry about it a lot of the time. So far... Um, we're, it's okay. We, if we're a week behind, it's not going to be the end, the end of the world for us and our clients. They know it's okay. We still deliver images within four weeks. Uh, and that, that's like a maximum. That's max. Really yeah. heavy season. And that's right? also good. dealing with life and then dealing with uh, portrait sessions and headshots and stuff like that and just everything that life comes your way. So we're and okay have, so far. I have to say in a lot of ways, as frustrating as calling and editing can be, I actually kind of enjoy it. I really do. Like, I enjoy sitting here at my dining room table in my pajamas with my cats on my MacBook Pro and editing wedding photos. It's, it's, sometimes I really enjoy it. There's time when I get to the group shots, I hate yeah, it. Yeah, you plow through. I hate it during group shots, but the rest of it I really enjoy. I think you need help. Uh, you're not the only one that thinks I need help. Thank you very much. <laughs> No, it is. It's fine. Like if I'm in the mood and and it's 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 good to go, then yeah, I'm I'm quite happy. My biggest issue, probably for the last year, is the fact that my system's been so slow that I get frustrated. You know, well, that's that's, that's been it, my yes. big problem. But I mean, I call I call my images, I create smart previews, and I export that 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 to a catalog, upload it to photographer's edit, fill out my form. The next day, I usually get 10 samples back. I approve them. If I'm not happy with them, I'll do a quick edit to what I want to change, send that to them, and then within three days after that, I get my images back, import them into Lightroom, do a few tweaks, export them. I could I could turn around a wedding within a week. Wow. Yeah. All right. I mean, well, I have to say, you me know, personally, with my but... downtime between the bar and everything, um, I will say that I can get an entire wedding done that I've shot over the weekend, me and my mm-hmm. assistant, because I edited their stuff as well. And I'll get things back within a week to 10 days. I mean, I can finish a whole wedding in about eight hours. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's doable. I think it's not good to do that. I think it's, you know, like, I will edit it and I'll leave it for about a week. Oh, sure. 
and then come back to it and then double check and make some changes and, and things like that so yeah so i'm quite quite thorough of that but oh i agree I no i, I can i can i think i think every photographer who is busy that that should should have an account with something like photographers edit just in case you know and and you get a free trial everyone wants to email me i'll send them a, a link get some discount um and I get rewarded with some credit as well. Um, there's always a perk. Aha, we yeah, figured it out. We, there's your in. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening for this uh, B-roll of uh, Wedding roll. Photographers Unite as James Chuck's on uh, whiskey over there. And we will never be asked back again, so I hope you enjoyed this edition <laughs> because we will never be allowed on here ever again. <laughs> uh, you've been listening to Wedding Photographers Unite. James, tell us. And everyone listening, if there's anybody at this point, <laughs> <laughs> where they can find you. You can find me if you're on Facebook. You can type in James Kelly Photography. Um, Instagram is James Kelly underscore photo. And my website with my new URL is jameskelly.co. That's it. Ditch that just, M. just jameskelly.co because jameskellyphotography.com was just far too long. That still works, but jameskelly.co and K E L L Y. There we go. Cool. Gotcha. Cool. Very good. We are at uh, jamesferrara.com and Facebook and all that is at jferrarafoto. Just wanted to give a shout out and congratulations to Andy. Oh, getting yes. married. He's on his honeymoon right now as we speak. I don't know where he is. That's right. I don't know where he is. I don't know, yeah, where, I don't know he where he is either. I don't know. But uh, him and Kristen look happy for the the first... Th- there was just a couple photos being posted, but uh, we're all very anxious to see Oh, I didn't see, see any of them. You have to show me. It was just a couple. Uh, that's okay. All right. I don't know. Yeah, but it wasn't like pro level, but still. So congratulations, Andy. We'll all hear from you guys soon. And thanks for listening to the B-roll of the three of us. Let's face it. We're really kind of like M-roll at what this you, point. What do you call us? Said. Uh, JJ and N. I don't know. I don't know where we are. That's what he said. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Good night. Let's do the. Let's do the music together. Ready? Boom. 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 You're alone no? on this. You're alone on this. Fine. 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 Thank you. Good night. Wedding photographers. Good night.